Hey friend, Graham Baldwin here with The Speaker Lab. Hey, wouldn't it be nice if someone gave you the exact process to find and book more speaking gigs in 2024? That'd be nice, right? Well, I'll tell you what, we're just gonna do that for you. We've created a new 18-page guide based on Dan Irvin's process that helped him actually book over $100,000 in speaking gigs in the past year. Now, Dan is one of our uh, team members here. He's this, a very successful speaker and also one of our coaches. And so you're gonna learn how to get started prospecting, master discovery calls, proposal emails, and so much more. All you got to do is go to thespeakerlab.com slash steps. Again, that's plural, thespeakerlab.com slash steps. We're going to send you that PDF guide right to your inbox. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com slash steps. That's it. That's all you got to do. Go there. Hey, thanks for listening. We appreciate it. You're awesome. Hey, what's up, friends? Grant Baldwin here. Welcome back to the Speaker Lab Podcast. Good to have you here with us today. We've got a great show for you. This is actually the final show of 2019. So we have, uh, it's been a great year. I hope you've had a great year. And as we get ready to go into the new uh, the new year, the new decade, I hope that you're, you're going to have a, uh, a great speaking year and uh, excited for the uh, the road ahead, not only for you, but for the Speaker Lab. We've got some great stuff in store for the new year and uh, excited to continue to help and serve and support you. Now, one of the big things that you've probably heard, hopefully have heard by now, that we have coming out is a brand new book called The Successful Speaker, Five Steps for Booking Gigs, Getting Paid, and Building Your Platform. It's going to be out February 18th. But uh, we have a lot of pre-order bonuses available for those that pick it up now. So you can go over to thespeakerlab.com slash book, thespeakerlab.com slash book, and there you can pre-order your copy. Actually, if you pre-order the, the book, we're going to also give you the audio book for free. So make sure you go pick that up as well. There's several other bonuses there that are going to be included. But uh, this is everything that we know about the speaking industry. We put into this resource. Really, really excited about it. You're going to get a ton out of it. If you are interested in being a full-time speaker or being a part-time speaker or anything in between, you just say, hey, I'm just interested in speaking a couple times a year. Uh, this is the book. This is the resource, the guide, the handbook that you need that uh, you're going to read. You're also going to be able to refer back to over the next several months and years as you continue to build and grow your own speaking business. So again, don't forget to pick that up, The Successful Speaker. Five steps for booking gigs, getting paid, building your platform. Uh, again, pre-order that by going over to thespeakerlab.com slash book. Okay, so let's get to today's guest. Today, we are talking with my friend Mark Bowden. Mark is a uh, phenomenal speaker. He has a great accent, which we talk about here right out of the gate. Uh, we also talk about how he has built his business and how he's made sure that he has picked a lane that has made sense for him. He's not trying to be all things for all people. We also talk about he gives three things that he has done that's helped him to build and grow his business, the things that has really moved the needle most for him. Let's talk about the difference between picking a topic that you're interested and passionate about versus actually picking a result that you can deliver to a client. So we spend a lot of time talking about that. Uh, we also talk about how he uses, he speaks primarily on body language. And so we talk about the things that speakers need to be aware of whenever they are speaking and things that they're doing non-verbally that may be sending the wrong message to an audience. So we talk about that as well as how he is building his speaking business and how he's thinking about his business beyond just himself, beyond just a personal brand. So some really good, insightful things there from Mark. The name Mark Bowden might sound familiar because we've actually done a speech breakdown reaction video to his TED Talk. So we're going to link up to that in the show notes as well. But uh, Mark is a phenomenal speaker. I'd encourage you to check out that TED Talk, check out that reaction video. And a lot, again, you can, you can learn from that for, as a speaker. All right, let's get into this conversation with Mark Bowden. Enjoy. Hey, what's up, friends? Grant Baldwin here. Welcome back to the Speaker Lab podcast. Today, joined by my speaker friend and colleague, Mr. Mark Bowden. Mark, thanks for joining us today. How are you? Uh, great. Great to be here. Thanks for having me, having me around. Not only uh, are you a phenomenal speaker, but you have, people can't see, but you have great hair. 
way more yes. than I've got. And you've got this, you've got this sexy accent. How much do you feel like the accent helps you when talking to event planners and then also speaking to audiences? Without the hair and the accent, I would be nothing. I'd have, <laughs> there'd just be, there'd be no business, no content. It's all about the hair and the accent. That must be what I'm missing because I don't have either. That's, why, that's where you've gone wrong. <laughs> good, good to know. Good to know what I need to do to, to clean up my act. Yeah, yeah. Can uh, we, we can for now finish the podcast. Done. It's perfect. That's it's all perfect. the advice that's, people need. the secrets. You need hair and an get accent. a lot of hair. Get, get an English accent. Do you think that the accent makes a difference? I've asked other yeah. people this. I've talked with like Phil Jones about this. We've talked with some people from down under. What do you feel like it makes a difference for you? <laughs> So actually, you know, when I'm speaking, people often ask me afterwards or say, hey, you know, we really respond to the accent, especially in the, in the, in the US. You think that I might be intelligent or, or yeah. have something interesting to say. Here's what I say. Look, the British, English especially, we spent a lot of money over a lot of years and spent a lot of blood, other people's and our own, wandering around the planet basically going, when you hear this voice, you're listening to the voice of authority. <laughs> Pay attention. It's true, you know, that's what we did. And so there is a culture of when you hear this voice, you're, you're listening, you know, especially if I do my BBC World Service voice. This is the BBC. <laughs> So if I do my, my, uh, my English radio voice, you know, people really pay attention to it. Yeah. Of course it makes a, makes a difference. That's interesting. That's cool. All right. So let's give kind of a big picture view to start with, and then we'll kind of go back in time and, and figure out how you got to this point. But how much speaking are you doing today? Who are you usually speaking to? What are you usually speaking about? I would speak, hopefully, certainly once a week. Mm -hmm. somewhere. I mean, you know, it, it, it ag aggregated yep. over the year. So yeah, I, I would be looking at about, I don't know, like 60 to 70 gigs a year, something yeah. like something like that. And some of that might be more training pieces, you know, workshops, but in the main, it's keynote speeches, 45 minutes to an hour and a half, mainly in the US and Canada. There, there is a lot in outside of that as well, but look, that's the the main amount of the of the business. And who am I talking to? It would be leadership and sales. I would mm -hmm. say is a good generalization. And I think the people who really enjoy my work are those industries that have system thinking mindsets. So less and less kind of creative industries mm -hmm. and more engineers people who are working with financial products, people who, are, who think, who know relationships are important for selling and leading, but the mindset that they believe they're in is a systematic one. You know, if you do X and Y, you should get Z. And they have thought for many years, we're not good at the communication human element yeah. of it. And my take would be, that's not true. It's just a system like any other system. It's a human system and you can learn that system of communication. And do you do that primarily? I know one of the core things that you teach on and that you speak on is body language. Is that primarily what you're doing? Or are you saying, I speak primarily on just kind of human dynamics and human relationships and, and body language just happens to be a part of that? No, it's very much focused on nonverbal communication and how you can use that on purpose to stand out, win trust, gain credibility. So it is about trust and credibility and how important that is within business, uh, industry, um, uh, organizations. And I approach that from a nonverbal point of view. 
That's really, you know, I'm a specialist in that area. People are fascinated with that as well. So they, that's what they want. Now, it's not to say I then don't go on in workshops and breakouts and, and larger amounts of training that I do with an organization to look at other aspects. But body language is, is my entry point and often my exit point as well. Got it. All right, cool. Let's backtrack a little bit. How did you first get mm-hmm. into speaking? You know, somebody just asked me. They said, they said, they said will you, will you? <laughs> I said, okay. They said, will you come and speak to our sales team? What were you doing at the time? About this. At the time, I was training actors. I was training performers. I was working at top drama schools in the UK and across the world. I worked in Israel and in Europe and all over the world, training people in how to tell stories with pictures, how to use their body to influence and persuade audiences. And an organization came to me and they'd heard about this work that I was doing. And they said, you know, can you actually the first time it was during the dot com crash in Europe. And an organization came to me and said, we represent some companies that have really bad news. Can you help them tell? (laughs) Can Can you help people listen to the bad news? (laughs) <laughs> and I went, yeah, I can, I can do that. <laughs> so I started training people in business okay. at, that, uh, at that time. And then, then a sales organization came to me and said, oh, we've heard about what you're doing in terms of trust and credibility. Can you train our salespeople? And it just escalated from there. Was your desire though at the time, if you were doing a lot of training, like in the acting theatrical space, were you, cause it seems like, you know, there's, there's some overlap, but there's also, it's a bit of a different world. Oh, were totally you wanting to keep yeah. doing that or is it kind of, and, and I'm just going to kind of speak and do some of this business stuff on the side or at what point did it kind of shift to the point where like, I don't know, this business stuff is either more lucrative or it's more fun or I'm enjoying it more or what sort of the check the boxes for you that you wanted to move more that direction? Yeah. So I'd spent a lot of time doing it with performers, a lot of time and got very specialized and very good at that and well known at that and made a really good living at that. And then I saw how much even better living you could make in business. And it really fascinated me. It interested me because communication in, in business, the bar was so low. <laughs> the knowledge level mm-hmm. compared to the knowledge level that we had in the arts, the knowledge level was super low. And so the impact that I could have there was massive. And people knew that and they would pay you accordingly. Yeah. So it just seemed ridiculous not to, number one, keep the two things going. Yeah. And so this was in the UK and, and Europe. I was based in, in London at the time. Then we moved to Canada because we could. We thought, let's try it. Let's see what, what Toronto has to offer. And the arts in Toronto at the time was just, you know, way less prevalent. And, but business was starting to really boom here. And there was great entry into the US market. And obviously, the US market is, is a huge market yeah, for yeah. business. And it just seemed ridiculous not to get involved. So, so what do you, what do, you do early on then where you're doing some of these business gigs that may sound like they kind of word of mouth or referral kind of fall in your lap type thing. Yeah. But then to go from there to, which is I think a spot that a lot of speakers find themselves in, especially early on is, you know, I've had a couple of things fall on my lap. This is fun. I enjoy it. I want to do more of this. Now what? What do I do from there? So how do you go from, I'm doing a few things. I want to ramp this up. I want to ultimately perhaps make this a full-time career. What are some of the steps that you started to take to just can be able to more consistently book gigs? Look, I would say I've never really done any 
marketing other than getting out there and speaking and making videos and getting the content out there. So I think there are two things that I've done to make sure that I have a consistent pipeline of opportunities coming in. The first thing I did was tell anybody and everybody that I spoke. Yeah. So I just didn't, I was not shy about that. Right. So I'm going to say there's three things that I've done. So number one was just telling everybody I speak. That's what I do. How did that make any difference for you? Here's what I've seen other people do. They go, oh, you know, I want to be speaking. It's like, okay. Like, are you telling everybody, your friends and your friends? Well, I can't, you know, I'm, I'm kind of waiting until I'm any good at this. It's like, don't wait. wait. <laughs> Just, you're not going to get any good by waiting. Right. You're going to get good by getting in front of the audience yeah. and testing this stuff out for real and getting the, the you know, the flying time, yep. you know, yep. the hours in the air, you know, in front of that, of that audience. So the opportunities we will come when you tell people that's what I do because they'll right. go, oh, you know, my wife runs, you know, company X. Right, right. They have an offsite, you know, right. just all of that stuff happens. People know people. Yep. And just the opportunities will come, but it's just having that bravery to go, this is what I do. I speak. Yeah. There's that. The other thing is, is not hiding the content, giving the content away. So I would say starting the work immediately. So people will go, you know, what do you do? And I'm an expert in human behavior and body language. I help people stand out, win trust, gain credibility every time they speak. And it's then very easy for them to go, oh, so, you know, what are the things I should do if I'm speaking? You know, what are the the signals of trust and credibility in body language? It would be very easy to go, well, I can't tell you that. You've got to pay me. Like you, you know, right, I'm, not right. this, I'm not doing this. This is my secret right potion. This is my secret potion. It's like, and the moment I realized, don't do that. And I realized it by going down to my local market in Toronto. There's a mm-hmm. beautiful market, St. Lawrence Market. And I noticed as I walked into the market, there was a guy, he was a butcher, and he was cooking sausages and cutting them up into little portions. Yeah. And as you walked in, you'd eat a bit of sausage. Yeah, yeah. And you'd go, God, that's a tasty sausage. And then you go, yeah, I'll have three pounds of those sausages. <laughs> and there was some poor butcher at the back of the market yeah. who, who could not sell me three pounds of sausage because I'd already had a taste of somebody else's and I'd bought three pounds and I now didn't need any other meat. Yeah. And it's that thing of giving away your best product, service, whatever it is, straight away to that person in front of you right now going, look, let me do the work with you right now. Yeah. And they get that taste and they go, God, that works. It already feels good. I already get it. And they go, how would I get the full meal, the full dinner? Right. It seems like you do a lot of that today with video. Is that correct? Yes, exactly. So look, you don't need to hire me. (laughs) You don't need to hire. Go and watch the videos. It's all there. It's all there for free. Here's the thing is, though you can't get your salespeople to watch those videos. You can't get all 7,000 of your people to watch that video. Yeah, They're not going to do it for you. You've got to get them in a room. You've got to buy them dinner, lunch, coffee. Get their attention. You you get their attention. Yeah. And so I've got to realize that giving my best work away is the best thing that I can do in order for you to know that this is the product or service that you want your leaders and your salespeople to get some of. 
Yeah. And then you end up hiring me, but I can't keep it secret. Third thing, I decided that I was going to be known as the expert in human behavior and body language. And so I just started making sure people knew that. I was very clear. Now, I didn't try and become an expert in something that lots of people were trying to be an expert in. Right. So for example, I am not an expert in marketing. There are loads of those out yep. there. Yep. Like, How do we know which one is, is better than the other? Or I don't know, there's just too many of them. Right. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Experts in body language, there's, there's about five of us. Yeah. Like we all know each other. Right, we, all right. know, we all know where each one of us is, is even niched within that and where we've come from, which is different from others. We really respect each other. Yeah. We talk to each other. You know, we hang out. It's a small group of very niched expertise. Yeah. And so, and, and, and I was lucky in that I was, you know, I was obsessed by that anyway. But it would have been easy for me to go, God, I'm obsessed with body language, but, you know, really there's a lot, seems like there's a lot of marketing speakers out there. I should become a marketing speaker. Right, right. I could have easily done that, but it just, like, the market seemed flooded. You know, let's do something that nobody else seems to be doing. Kind of a balance there, though, because if a speaker, like a, a newer speaker is getting started and they're looking for the opportunities that exist and they say, okay, there's a whole bunch of marketing speakers and there's very few human dynamics or human communication or body language speakers, then maybe there's just not as many opportunities that exist over there. And maybe that's the case or maybe that's just kind of, you know, kind of a false impression. But how do you find that balance? Like for you, it seemed like I'm passionate about body language. So there's like, there's no other topic I'm, I'm super interested in that, I, that would be a fit. I feel like I'm an expert in this. I'm going to pick a lane, draw a line in the sand, put my flag here that this is what I'm going to be known for. But just because you're passionate about body language doesn't necessarily guarantee that organizations and groups hire speakers to talk about that. So thankfully they do. But how do you know that, like, especially early on, like I had a friend that asked me to do that first gig. And so, but I didn't know that necessarily there's a bigger market than just that one opportunity to speak on the subject of body language. So is there anything that you did to just kind of determine like, yeah, not only am I passionate about it, but there's also like a legitimate marketplace that exists and need an opportunity that exists on this specific topic. Yeah. So here's the important thing for me. There is a marketplace for the result that I bring and people might bring that result through different methods. Yeah. I bring it. So I bring the result of trust and credibility. If I'm talking to an organization Essentially, the conversation is, you know, your people, your salespeople, your leaders, could they do benefit from more trust and credibility when they meet other people, when they stand up and present to them? Yeah. If they could stand out immediately, win trust immediately, be seen as credible, yeah. even before they've opened their mouth, would that be useful for you? There is no organization that goes, no, actually, trust and credibility, we've got enough. <laughs> right. Like, we are just, we're stacking, you know, like, we got, we've got shed loads of that stuff in the back. We, we're like selling it to other people. It's just, we've got so much of that stuff. Nobody's ever said that. They're like, yeah. And so they'll come with problems, but ultimately, I turn all the problems into one of trust and credibility. Yeah. And then I say, look, there are many ways that you might want to fix trust and credibility. I do it for you, through human behavior and body language. Why do I do it? Because it's the fastest, most effective way to win trust and gain credibility is through your nonverbal behavior. And that's what gets me the, the speaking gigs. Yeah. As I'm dealing with trust and credit. Nobody needs a body language speaker. It's interesting. 
super interesting, right. <laughs> you know, but ultimately they want a result, right. which is more trust and credibility every time they sell or every time they lead. Yep. I think that's so, so important. I hope speakers are getting that and that resonates with them because that's so true because just because you're passionate about a topic doesn't necessarily mean that organizations are hiring that. So like to your point, an organization, a CEO or a director of sales is not lying in bed at night thinking, man, how do we help right. our people better understand body language? But they are thinking about how do we increase trust? Or how do we increase sales? Or how do we increase yeah. revenue? And one of the ways we can do that is by teaching better communication skills. And, and yeah. one of the ways to do that is through body language. So again, you're yeah. getting at the result, but ultimately what they are wanting, the thing that they're wanting is increased teamwork or results or yeah. sales or whatever it may be. Absolutely. And let me add one more thing to that, which I think was a, a slightly later development that's been around for a number of years for me, was understanding actually really in terms of the event what the event wants from a speaker. Yeah. And, and what I landed on and what I try and provide for an event is the moment in that day when the audience goes, well, that has made the day worth it. That is like, I traveled here to get here. I've had to stay at a hotel. It's not a great hotel. It's like, and, and I know this afternoon we have to sit through VP of sales giving us a lecture on the new, new order entry system. Yeah. That is going to be dire. <laughs> <laughs> no offense to all VP sales out there, <laughs> but it is dire. And, and, and there's that, I'm trying to give them, my aim is to give them that moment where they go, God, that was worth it. Yeah. That's, it's now okay. That's made, and they've got something to go and tell their friends and family about as well. And they get home that evening or the next day and they go, they, look, they go, what was it? Where were you at? Uh, you know, I had to go to San Diego and, you know, whatever. It's like, but there was this guy. He was like talking about this body language thing. It was amazing. And, and they start demonstrating it. They yeah. start doing the speech to their friends and family. Right. Here's what I say that I do to myself. I don't really publicize this, but, but I would count myself as an artist. And my art is to remind people that they're alive. Mm -hmm. That's simply it. To remind them that they are not just a head. They are a living, breathing thing, a body. And it's alive right now in the room with me. And I want to like, get them to check their body again. Yeah. To go, wow, this thing's real flesh and I can move it and do stuff with it on right. purpose and right. get an effect. That's what I'm, I'm trying to do. I want to go back to something you touched on earlier. You mentioned that you are speaking in a very kind of unique niche on, on body language and, and human mm -hmm. communication where you said there's, there's probably five of you or so-ish that are in yeah. this space. You said you all kind of compare notes and you talk and you, you share business. Now, to, to, to some speakers, they may see that and go, wait a minute, that's your competition. That's your competitors. So yet that sounds like that has also really moved the needle for you in your business. So can you talk to why it's important to just network and connect with other speakers, especially in your space, even though like on paper, they may be your competitors and you may be losing business to them from time to time. But why has that moved the needle for you? Yeah, I think because we need to, in our niche, we need to support each other. We need to get the credibility of our subject matter up. You know, there's none yeah. of us are out there going, is the world of human behavior and body language, is it credible enough? Yeah. Right now. No, it absolutely could do with more credibility. Yeah. And so we want to support each other. You never want to be there going, ah, you know, Joe Navarro, what the hell does he know? 
He's, he doesn't know anything. <laughs> <laughs> right. These, F, these FBI guys, well, ah, you know, <laughs> retired FBI, how, you know, yawn, yawn. You, you, you want to be there going, Joe is, because fa- he is, Joe is fantastic. Yeah. And he's different from me. We both talk about body language, but Joe is ex-FBI. He's interrogated murderers and psychopaths and and that's incredible he's got an incredible story and he's going to be helpful and look like get me in or get joe in or get us both in (laughs) you know chase hughes you know ex interrogator again and just incredible background in navy detentions and interrogation a totally different background from me we share a lot of content but ultimately you're buying a different person and character to get this information across right and and it's like who fits your audience so it doesn't really you know get me or joe or chase or or it's it's all going to be great yeah but let but get in somebody on body language right well that's what we're trying to do i think by supporting each other yeah it's like that expression that a a rising tide raises all ships and so you know that the more people the more that body language just as a as a topic is on event planners radars the more that that's going to to land with with one of you and then to your point there's not one speaker that can speak at every possible event on body language so the more that are out there doing it and the more that that you know you may go in and speak one year and do awesome and then say and they say we loved you but we but we're not going to have you back for three four five years and you can say awesome you need to have my friend joe joe is would be awesome he's going to give you know a similar thing but different kind of spin on it and this would be incredibly valuable for your team and joe's going to be able to do the same thing for mark and say mark you need to you need to have my speaker or my buddy mark come speak at your event get a lot of referral and a lot of repeat or a lot of of spin off stuff from that just by connecting with your competitors which sounds counterintuitive but it's an extremely effective way to, to build a business well, you know, someone once said to me, and this was in Toronto, and we've got a street on Toronto called Bay Street, which is our kind of Wall Street. It's our center of business. And they said to me, you know what? It's a long life and a small street. So <laughs> yeah. what they were saying was, is like, make friends because you're going to be like, you're going to live a long time. You're going to be in this industry a long time. And it's a, quite a small world. Yeah. So there's no need for enemies. Yeah. There's no need for, for competition. There's plenty out there. Make friends. It'll, it'll be better. Very much so. This is a, uh, it's a small pond that we all swim in. Yeah. And so uh, you, you don't want to build a reputation amongst other speakers that you're just a jerk or uh, a pain yeah. in the to work with or any of that. So it's be, just, it's not be nice it. and, and super low maintenance. Yeah. Makes a big difference. <laughs> now, yeah. I want to ask you about, I got a couple things I want to ask you about. One is as a body language expert, what are some things that speakers do that we're not aware of that is either a turnoff to the audience or is sending the wrong message or the wrong signal to the audience? Yeah. So, so I would say the number one thing that, that, that speakers uh, suffer from is, is actually not being animated, not being, so it's a great word, animate, because it comes from anima, from life. They, they are, are not filled with, their body language is not filled with life. Yeah. It's not, uh, as one of my teachers uh, used to say, you know, they, they, they load up the, the shotgun, but they don't cock it. Right, right. <laughs> they don't, you know, they yeah. don't, it's, bro- it's broken. Right. And, and so we see that in their body language, that the, the lines of their energy are, are broken. There's no energy pulsing through their body. Now, that's not that they're, you know, dashing all over the stage and they're, yeah. that, that the energy must be there and contained yeah. and focused because that's charismatic. 
charisma is full of focused energy. Yeah. But if they've if they're, they're not ready to fire and they're not firing, right. you know, they've loaded up, but they right. they they've not put everything in the right place and they and they're not firing then then the audience have to do it for them and it's not their job it's not the audience's job to bring the energy yeah it's the audience's job to mirror the energy so that would be my main thing is is and we see it mainly in the nonverbal communication of their body being in a constant rest state okay and that you would see by consistently you'll see the hands hanging down by their sides in a very limp way yeah not and now other parts of the body may well be energized but the limbs and the hands the the energy isn't flowing through those they're yeah. not ready they're not available if you said to the speaker if you threw the speaker a tennis ball they'd be like they'd be late to it it's like oh <laughs> and it would drop on the ground and right, right you know they're not ready to give or to receive in technical terms Body-wise, I would say their body is not available. Okay. It's not available. So if you think about those terms as a, as, a, as a speaker out there, you know, listening to this, think about your body being available. Are you available? And, and what would availability look like, feel like? What would you be doing if you were available? And you kind of touched on this. How do you find the balance between when you're on stage, you're, you know, you're, you're to a degree you're performing, you're the bigger the audience, the bigger you have to be the way, you know, the way that you're going to speak to a group of 20 people in a training environment yeah. for a couple of days yeah. is going to be very different than a theater with 5,000 people in it. So you, yeah. you have to be bigger. You have to be more animated in that type of yeah. setting. But how do you find the balance between doing that of matching what the audience size is and the dynamic and the, the setting? but also being true to yourself. So it doesn't just, you don't, you don't feel like hokey or you don't feel like cheesy or you're trade because it's also possible for a speaker to overdo it to the point where like, eh, it just feels fake and it feels scripted versus you go to the way other end of the spectrum. I think about, as you're kind of describing that, I was thinking about the Ted talk from Sir Ken Robinson, the very popular one. He talked about schools and creativity. I'm pretty sure without having watched it recently, I'm pretty sure he comes out, he stands, he plants and he doesn't move. Like he mm -hmm. never moves anywhere on the stage. And yet it's an effective talk for any speaker who's going, it's not my personality to be like this, you know, like you said, kind of the all over the stage and the crazy dancing monkey, although that may work <laughs> yeah, for some yeah. speakers, but I also want to be true to myself and, and figure out what that looks like for me. How do you kind of find that what that right balance is? Yeah. So a couple of things on that. The first thing is you need to understand what we would call the optic of the stage. So you've got to understand from the audience's point of view how are they viewing you? How are they receiving you? And what are you going to need to do for them to have to do no work to get to receive your message? Yeah. Yeah. And so that's going to differ stage to stage, place to place. And so you're absolutely right. I don't need to bring the same performance to 20 people that I would to 2,000, 3,000, 7,000. Yep. Because it's a different optic. Yep. But I must understand, I must be able to place myself in that audience's position and go, what is needed from me right now in order for them to get this without them having to make that effort? Because the effort I want them to make is for them to think about how they will use the message, not whether they get it. I don't want their brain going, well, what's he doing? What did he say? <laughs> so what's happening now? It's not a crossword puzzle. 
It's not a guessing game that they've come for. They must get the message and go, okay, so what if I did that? What if I installed that in my life? Let me imagine that. I want their brain free to use their imagination about taking my ideas and using them. I don't want their brain consumed with what's he doing? What's happening on his face? Where are his hands? What's going on right now? So to that point, of course, Sir Ken can, can come on and be quite static. Because why? Because he's made that choice. So here's my system around this. Make a choice, make it bigger, keep it tidy. Yeah, just make a choice, decide. Here's who I am, here's what I'm doing, here's how I'm going to display that, and then go, I should do that a bit more. When I say make it bigger, it doesn't mean necessarily make it physically bigger. Yeah. Make the idea bigger in your head. Make it, you know, do it more. Do it in more of an extreme. Do it more intensely. So make a choice. Make it bigger. And then when you've done that, don't let your mind go, oh, you know what? I should add a little bit of this and a little bit of that. And a, mm-hmm. Oh, it, I haven't got enough of this in it. No, that's it. Keep it tidy. Do nothing else. Make a choice. Make it bigger. Keep it tidy. That, that for me, is the best performance advice I can give to anybody. It's the best advice for doing any type of art. Yeah. Just make a choice. Make it bigger. Keep it tidy. Yeah. yeah. Then it'll be a great piece. For speakers that want to go deeper on this topic, you have a, a phenomenal TED talk on this, on, on body language and something that uh, I did a speech breakdown of a while back. So we'll link up to that in the show notes, but I, I encourage people to check that out. One final question and just doing some research on you. One of the things I noticed is that all of your speaking stuff falls under the umbrella of your, what I assume would be your company name, Truthplane. Truth so Plane, can you yeah. kind of talk about when an organization or an event is considering hiring you, are they hiring Truthplane or are they hiring Mark? Because there are speakers who think about it different ways and how they should be positioning themselves. So I'm just curious why you've made some of the decisions you've made as it relates to that. So I wanted a company and I wanted to be able to build something out that might be more than me. And that's yeah. always a work in progress because there is I think, you know, you've maybe interviewed other speakers around this and certainly you've probably experienced it yourself is, is it's tricky when you're building a character and a brand around you, yes. ultimately kind of has to happen with a speaker. Yep. And then at the same time, you're trying to build the idea of a company yep. and one has certainly built quicker than, than the other. Mm-hmm. And I would say it's still a little bit muddy as to what's what by no means have the perfect answer or, or company around this. But what we are doing, slowly but surely, is adding other propositions to the truth plane kind of shelves, yeah. uh, other trainers. So certainly we have trainers who can deliver my work or truth planes work in different languages. Oh, interesting. So that's kind of the choice that we're making is I don't, I don't need to meet me in my own market, but being English, there's only one language that I speak. Right. Uh, you know, legally, the Queen won't allow me to speak French and stuff, <laughs> Spanish. So what we look for is people who are like us, obsessed with communication and mm-hmm. body language, and they'd love to deliver that work and sell that work out in a language market that, you know, I certainly can't fulfill. That's slowly but, but surely we're trying to build out that truth plane 
offering. Yeah, and it's, it's true. There's, there's a lot of speakers who say, I just want to be a personal brand and that's it. And, and other speakers who are thinking, you know, beyond just them and what they can do, there's certainly a limitation there. There's only so, only so many gigs you can do, only so much you can charge, only so many planes that you can ride yeah. on before you just realize there's more people and there's more opportunity and there's more that can be done. And I, I can't do it all. And so at some point, you know, I want people to hire not just Mark, but I want people to hire Truth Plane that Mark happens to be a part of. So it's definitely, you're, you're right. It's, it's, there's not necessarily a right or wrong way to think about it. It's just the, there's you know, pros and cons both ways. Uh, but it is something that every speaker needs to be thinking through and ultimately what they're trying to build. Yeah, and, and to that point, what we're really trying to do is there's a lot of people on the planet, 7.6 billion people on the planet. I know, you know, many of them really don't care about what I do or should care about <laughs> what I do. I mean, there's just really no, you know, no need. But to get the message out to people who really want it and need it, and it would totally help. We need more people and need more, more language. So I'm looking at it from that point of, point of view to say, how do we get out and reach more people? Because the work is unique and it's special and it makes a massive difference to yeah. some people. So let's get it out there. Yeah. Very good. Mark, thank you so much for the time. We really enjoyed this. It's a lot of fun. If people want to find out more about you, what you're up to, where can we go? Actually, I would get yourself over to truthplane.com. T-R-U-T-H-P-L-A-N-E. Truthplane.com. And when you're there, head over to the online training bit because there's lots of videos there that you can watch for free. Enjoy. You already told us all your stuff is there. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Take it. Very good. Thanks, man. We appreciate it. Lovely. Great speaking to you. Thanks, Grant. All right, there you go. Hope you enjoyed that conversation with Mark Bowden. Uh, definitely check out his work over at truthplane.com. Again, that is truthplane.com. Also, don't forget to check out the TED Talk, the reaction video, the speech breakdown that I did uh, of Mark's TED Talk. So again, we will link up to that in the show notes or just go over to YouTube and uh, search for Mark Bowden, Grant Baldwin, speech reaction, something like that. And you should be able to find the video there. Again, a reminder, don't forget to pre-order The Successful Speaker. It's going to be out February 18th, but you can get your copy now. You want to start 2020 strong in your speaking business. And so the book is the resource and the guide that you need to do that. So again, go over to thespeakerlab.com slash book, thespeakerlab.com slash book. There you can pre-order that copy, get your hands on it, start implementing it for the new year. All right. Thanks for hanging out with us, my friends. We'll catch you next time. You're awesome.